Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is indeed a pro wrestling show. If you've never listened before, we try and smash out a couple of episodes a week. Make sure you check out, I call it the flagship show. It's not true at all. It's just wrestling fans understand that term from years of watching Monday Night Raw and WWE saying it. But it goes live. It's kind of shifted to Tuesdays now because more people preferred it. Basically, Tuesdays, 1pm BST. Head over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com. Forward slash the Miller Report rules or search for Simon Miller and it will go live on there and you can join in. Or of course, it's on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Podcasts and all that stuff. And the reason I like to do two podcasts a week is on the second one, which we're doing today. I enjoy getting a Patreon member on because I wouldn't be able to do the podcast without Patreon members. Of course, that's patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And my man Rob is back on today. Rob, it's been a long time. How are you doing? It has been a while. And yeah, I am doing good. Doing good. Excited about the world of wrestling these days. I mean, I mean, tell me, but the last time, as we said before we began, the world of wrestling is very different to to when we last chatted, which is kind of amazing because, I mean, it wasn't like, it's not like we chatted five years ago. You no, know in the it's grand like, scheme, it's not been that long. No, we, we chatted at the start of the year and we're not even, well, we're technically about to come up to the halfway point and, you know, already we're at a different place. But before we do get there, talking about, you know, crowdfunding and things like that, uh, we also had a quick discussion about Kickstarter you've got going. I thought it was quite fascinating. So I thought, dude, let's mention that before we get into wrestling. And if people are interested, they can head on over to wherever they need to head and, and check out what you're doing. Hell yeah. Plugs at the front like the good capitalists we got to be. Damn uh, right, man. Let's, let's, so, let's, uh, I'll be honest. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the thing that I've got going on Kickstarter right now... Uh, I don't know about everybody listening, but I bet some of you feel this way. Like, what is one of the best things about wrestling? It is storytelling through violence. Uh, <laughs> and crazy. I feel like I feel like there's a decent crossover between fan fandom of that and the appreciation of tabletop RPGs. Because what's Dungeons and Dragons if not storytelling through violence Ab- as well? Absolutely. I mean, that's uh, all it is, really. I've noticed a lot of people who like you know tabletop rpgs like wrestling and vice versa uh and that's what i'm doing i am also a game designer and my first original role-playing game the orpheus protocol is on kickstarter right now for about at the time of recording like eight more days uh and yeah it's a new system i've designed myself it is a modern uh horror rpg so it's kind of a secret agent's against monsters and cults and other spooky things of that nature. Uh, kind of a Jason Bourne versus Cthulhu kind of thing, where you're playing as cells of operatives who are trained to go and try to contain paranormal threats. Uh, so kind of some X-Files energy in there, uh, but a little more comic booky, a little bit more splashy and action-packed. Uh, and it's on Kickstarter right now. If that's kind of interesting to you, I make the pitch much better for it on the Kickstarter page itself. I don't know, dude. Uh, that sounds pretty good. I mean, Cthulhu meets Jason Bourne is the, is the best thing I've heard in a long time. So <laughs> I mean, it's the game I wish existed. I wanted some, like, awesome secret agent stuff mixed with, you know, supernatural horror. Because that's stuff I really, really love. And there wasn't a, really a game where I could play that that did everything I wanted it to do. There were some that came close, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it myself. That's cool, though, man. I love that kind of attitude, if nothing else. I love the idea, and I love the hustle. Oh, yeah. The hustle's real. <laughs> well, I, I genuinely think... I, mean, I had a quick look when, when Rob and I were talking about it. And, I mean, yeah, everything you just said there. I mean, just go check it out. And like, I, like It's like all those things. Once you see the page and all the, the ideas, you'll know if it's for you or not. And, and the artist um, I found is absolutely nuts. Uh, the art is so much better than I could have ever prayed for. Well, that's half the battle with the, the, the video games these days, isn't it? It's like, well, it's kind of died. I don't want to do too much about games, but it's kind of died down now. But during the kind of the Kickstarter boom about five years ago, you know, trying to cut through everyone that was doing it was the hardest part. And I always found it was the art. Oh, yeah. And the that art, visual art is style, super, yeah. super important in that way. And, and like, I can see it a bit in video games because 
some people, not really me, but some people really prize graphics above pretty much anything for a video game. But this is a tabletop role-playing game. You don't need graphics. You're using your imagination. And yet still, uh, ultimately, if you don't have good art, you're not going to have a good Kickstarter campaign. That's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah well there you go so uh what we will do is as well in the description both on youtube and on uh, itunes or wherever else you're listening to the podcast there will be a link in the uh in the description all that stuff you can click it there or what's the exact i mean you can you, you can on? actually just search kickstarter.com for the orpheus protocol that's o-r-p-h-e-u-s like the greek myth figure uh and it'll be easy to find there we go. Done. The Orpheus Protocol. Go and check it out. And now we will segue into wrestling talk. Oh boy, so, there is wrestling talk to have these days. Where Where would you like to start? My goodness. I mean, <laughs> we can, let's start with Let's start with AEW Double or Nothing. We may as well because I feel like that's been the catalyst for this week. Um, as I said on the podcast the other day, even the people that want to naysay it, you you, you you're not wrong because if you didn't like it you didn't like it i'm not saying that but in terms of social awareness and feedback and all that things i tell you this i've seen it i you know it be it on what culture or wherever it's doing a lot of numbers mm-hmm. and it's doing a lot of numbers without having a tv show which is absolutely like, absolutely crazy and i understand that you have to be successful on tv to have a long-term success i mean that's just the the, the system that we've that we've set up however for a, we'll call it a first show. I know all in happened, but that wasn't into the all elite banner, and we probably needed all in to get to to get to double or nothing. But yeah, I I, I am genuinely stunned by the reaction. Uh, like you know, just to throw it out there, the ups and downs we did on it is the third uh, most viewed ups and downs we've ever done, which wow. I think kind of yeah, I think kind of sums <laughs> it up that there, there is and that and I don't think there's a WrestleMania in that top three. I can't remember what the t- I think the top three are. The Raw Rumble 2017. All right. Is, I don't know. I don't know why. Something and I in think the num- air. And number two, I understand. Number two is Crown Jewel, which yeah. summed up exactly what wrestling yeah. fans would do. And they're like, well, I'm not going to watch it, but I want to know what happens. And now, double or nothing, it goes into number three. Now, I can't explain the Raw Rumble 2017. I don't even remember what happened at the Raw Rumble 2017 as we're talking. But isn't that the one that Randy Orton won? Anyway, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, no, that was, I don't remember. The point is, it has hit a chord with, with, with some people. Well, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I don't think they could be in a better position. It doesn't mean they're still going to be around in a year, two years, five years. I don't know. I just know right now they set out to achieve whatever they set out to achieve something and they've absolutely achieved it i absolutely agree my my expectations or my anticipation for this show uh was a lot more measured beforehand because it's like okay how much production help did they get from ring of honor from new japan or from whatever at all in all in was great but it wasn't a an aew produced show and no. so this really was the first outing for the production staff. I mean, obviously the talent, the in-ring talent was going to be great. They had they had the people to do that, no problem. But from a production standpoint, we had no idea what we were going to get, I don't think. And the idea that this was these people's first show, wow. <laughs> uh, like Tony Khan timing the show, right? Like... He he didn't time all like all in. Like he just this was his first time doing it, and it was really good. I think the influence of Tony Khan can't be understated. Because he could have just been the money guy and everyone would have been alright with that. I would have been alright with that. Do you know what I, mean? I I never expected Tony Khan to get involved to that degree. But the fact that he is, because the point is, if the people that are investing the cash are also emotionally involved as well, they're more likely to back you as much as possible. You know, that's one of the successes that Vince McMahon has always had. He cares. And obviously yeah. he doesn't get it right all the time, but he obviously cares. He obviously wants to be a success. And if Tony Khan is going to step into that mold, and not only that, but seemingly be very open to ideas and you know, very happy to be told no, which is something you probably can't say about Vince McMahon. Right, exactly. Maybe that's where the date, that's, maybe that's the bit, maybe that's actually the change that we should focus on. Not what they're doing in front of the camera, but behind the camera, there'll be more leeway. Yeah, what what I heard from, I don't remember, I think it was from Cody uh, in an interview, um, maybe Chris Van Villett or someone, uh, was that they may never have a single scripted promo. Uh, they have a group slack where all the wrestlers just, talk and uh tony khan talks and 
They just come up that, with what they want to do. Like that's 20, be hell. 24 that's be hell. seven. Uh, but look, I think the results speak for themselves because, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately in WWE, you do get some pretty cringy segments where people whose strength might not be memorizing a ton of words to say verbatim are asked to do that exact thing. And it gets a little weird when they are having trouble remembering something, uh, or just are really nervous about not remembering something. And so they are kind of stilted, but not to mention, like you've got all these writers that like, I'm sure most of them are quite talented, but it's impossible to really know every single character inside and out on a roster that has what? 37,000 wrestlers on it. Um, and, and so I like the idea of trusting the person who actually depicts the character to understand the character. Uh, and I think the results speak for themselves. I mean, good Lord, look at MJF. MJF is interesting because I remember when people were going off about MJF originally, I was like, yeah, he's okay. But then over the last year or something, he's just come into his own. Um, Yeah. I, I thought he was really cool at all in, but I was like blown away. By his performance at Double or Nothing, like I think what what a heel! I think it's because he knows he knows what his job is. He knows what his role is, and like you've just said, <laughs> yeah. because he has the freedom to craft that character, as opposed to you know be told the kind of heel he wants to play. He's able to he's able to do it in, in the way that he wants, and he's given a direction. And that I think that is something that has absolutely come out over the last few weeks is that. You could, that was, and I'm not saying Double or Nothing was perfect, it wasn't, but you could tell that everybody felt like an individual. And sometimes on Raw and SmackDown, we lose that, as, as Triple H has said in the past, we play by WWE's own book. He said that, when you come in, you've got to learn our plays. Oh, and yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a tried and tested format that has, has run out of steam. I, look at Dean Ambrose, right, slash John Moxley. It, it could have been, I'm pretty sure I could convince someone that's his brother. I'm 99% sure I could. I'd have to really push it. But I think I could convince someone to go, well, he's, he's so he's so like lively, he has so much fire, and he has so much passion. And that's because not only is he reinvested after everything he's gone through, but I'm sure he's been told, just be whatever John Moxley is, as long as you get an X, Y, and Z. It's like Kirby Enthusiasm. I don't know if people watch Kirby Enthusiasm, <laughs> but it basically you get a plot line, but then everybody else can talk how they think their character would talk, and that's why it comes across as different. And mm-hmm. it's the same here. And it benefits massively in the sense that WWE doesn't allow their wrestlers to do that. So all of a sudden it feels fresh. Uh, Something I just sort of realized as you were saying that is like a lot of the people, a lot of the characters in WWE sort of, maybe it's a little disparaging to call it brand speak, but they will say certain keywords, both on commentary and uh, in-ring performers uh, that clearly are marketing uh, terms or marketing keywords that have been, you know, ordered to be said. And I think that in the modern age of social media saturation and increasingly desperate advertising being thrown at you, like in everything that you do, I think that audiences might be much more wary of that than ever before. And like, I think people's bullshit detectors when it comes to like, oh, this is, this is like, focus tested marketing speak i'm being read a commercial right now mm-hmm. is true. probably at an all-time high which means that those scripted promos that have to sneak in all the oh the one time a year where raw and smackdown superstars go head-to-head in competition or, or like whatever whatever it is that week that people have to say uh i think that that strikes people as inauthentic probably quicker and more like devastatingly than it would have even a few years ago no, I think I, I think you see it more on Twitter now as well. I often find, like, even in my own sort of social media world, if I, I you know, if you over at a tweet or you over hashtag a tweet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people instantly won't engage with it as much because they think I'm not without even reading it. They're like, I'm being sold something. And straight away, they can just feel it. You see that kind of light blue text, and like, nope, I'm being sold something. I'm not interested. Yeah. And, and I mean, what, did you see the WWE tweet the other day? I didn't read the whole thing, but it, it was picked up by everyone. It just started with sports entertainment enthusiasts. <laughs> and straight away, it's like, WWE, is that call alien, them fans. Is that alien moon language for uh, wrestling fans? I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Who on and, earth I, would ever say that? I know, and and hilariously, that happened. I think it was the same day um, 
I think it was the same day as Double or Nothing, or around the same time when the buzz was when the buzz was real. Oof. So you know, to uh, that to me, that to me was massive. So l- l- let's take all that. So we enjoyed the show, is what we're saying. And of course, anything else that you want to throw in there, please do. Yeah, I something that really surprised me a bit. Because this is their first show, right? I mean, they do have some storylines running up on social media, like on YouTube and stuff like that. But this was essentially their their first, like, big coming out party. Like, they managed to put a little bit of storytelling into the show, despite not having build-up, which I thought was very impressive. Um, just... For example, right? Like, the, the six-woman Joshi match... There was a student versus teacher thing going on there, uh, which is which is pretty good for something you can't build up at all. Obviously, Cody versus Dustin. There's plenty of storyline there, and then you've got two world class tag teams of actual brothers fighting each other, and then two people from the same hometown fighting each other. <laughs> like it was booked really well to have narrative weight without any time to start telling the first act of the story. Yeah. Which I thought was really smart. And then in, in, you know, a lot of the other matches that didn't have those things, they just, they did a lot of really good in-ring action to keep it afloat and some really hilarious stuff too. Um, it was very well paced. I thought this show. Yeah. Well, I, I loved hearing Cody say that he thought that pay-per-views probably shouldn't always be five or seven hours long. No, I was surprised. How long was it in the end? Uh, I think it was like four hours. That's okay. Mate, I, I can't remember now because it was, it, was, it was such a blur. I think four hours is, uh, uh, you know, I think that's probably a fair. I, I, I was trying to think of a way to put it. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Like, I, I think, especially because, you know, I, I would imagine that All In or All Out, whatever they're going to call it, is going to be the WrestleMania, their WrestleMania, because why the hell not, right? It's got lineage. And also, it's a bit like WrestleMania 1 in the sense that, you know, it was like a make or break thing, even though it wasn't. But it made the company, to say the least. So I think four hours with an hour pre-show, I'm okay with. Um, and also, I didn't. I, I did think that I, I thought some matches on that card were too long. Personal taste, you know, just personal taste. I like a short match because, um, you know, I just I just think it helps the pace of the show. I just do. But yeah, I I. I don't want any shows to go longer than that. So it's good. I like this is the point. When they start saying things like that, I'm like, excellent. You yeah. know, <laughs> like excellent. Well, and it was is... nine matches, including the pre show. Yeah, which, which is was fine. Two. So think... like like, you know, seven matches on the main card. Uh and aside from the Casino Battle Royale, uh interestingly, almost every match uh escalated in time. Uh, except uh, SCU's match at the start was a little bit longer, uh, probably just to heat up the crowd, and they did. Yeah. Uh, but but then it goes like 11 minutes, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, 22 minutes, 24 minutes, 27 minutes. Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. And, like, they just... I liked that structure of the card. It's like the, your position in the card is is sort of equivalent to how much time you get, to how much narrative weight there is, to how much sort of prestige... There is. So you're not you're not putting anybody in a death spot, right? Like you're not throwing anybody under the bus with a dead crowd because the whole show is short enough and you're escalating constantly. Which I think is pretty good. I prefer that to Hmm, no, I'm not gonna say that. I don't prefer it to what WWE does. I can't think of what I'm trying to say because the last thing I want is for WWE to become AEW and I also don't want <laughs> WWE to become New Japan. Do you know what I mean? I don't sure. want that because Absolutely. then that's no, boring. That's not... so, yeah, that's, that's honestly, it's like you're making it so that there's less to watch. Exactly. And, and WWE has proven that their way of take the crowd up, take the crowd down, take the crowd... It can work because they've done it in the past. However, they've also proven that they can... I can't think of a better term. Shit the bed with it. Like we've seen, we've seen them use both. So I, I don't want them to all of a sudden change their approach. But what I would prefer them to do is when it does go wrong, maybe take a step back and go, why didn't that work? For example, Money in the Bank, putting Kofi Kingston and um, uh, uh, Kevin Owens in that spot. You know, after the Seth Rollins AJ Styles match and before the Money in the Bank, well, what did you expect was going to happen? Of course, you know, people in that you should be able to look at that and go, well, people are more excited about AJ Styles. You know, I would have opened the show with that, or 
right. you know, d- done something different. So the, the, the key for me is to learn from those mistakes. And I think when they don't do that, that's when that's when issues issues come up. But I certainly, everyone's now saying, oh, WWE should do this, WWE should do that. Well, no, because then it's boring again. Yeah. I want everyone to do their own. I want to be able to watch a, well, a, a very rare four-hour WWE pay-per-view <laughs> and go, oh, amazing. But then if for some bizarre, well, it was what happened eventually. But if there's an AEW pay-per-view on Saturday night before, I want to be able to watch both and feel excited as opposed from, oh my gosh, I'm not, watching the same thing again with different dead. wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that will happen. Well, and, I, and you know, let's give fair dues to WWE here. Uh, I thought WrestleMania this year was insanely well-paced for such a long show. I like, agree. I think I totally they did a agree. great job. However, it also must be said, I think that the fact that it was like incredibly smartly paced and still had everyone wishing for death by the end really shows that it was too long. Just like full stop. (laughs) No show should be that long. Because think about it, like it was a well-paced show, which closed with by far the most anticipated match in WWE. And the crowd wasn't nearly as hot as I felt like they were likely to be with the buildup uh and it was simply like you know natural human fatigue yeah because you can't do anything for that long no (laughs) you you can't you can't do anything that long without getting but there's nothing i can do for seven hours without getting bored a hundred percent there's not like it's too much your brain eventually turns off and i think you're 100 percent right given what they wanted to do they did it probably as well as you could but it just suffers all around because that main event with the women wasn't as hot as it could have been because people were knackered. People were knackered after Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's 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 I guess maybe the one thing that you might be able to criticize the the card about a bit because that tore the house down and like people were pretty wrung out after that. Uh, I I don't know maybe maybe you could have put it on first or something, but then you know Brock was insisting on going first and like honestly. That was the best thing to happen to Seth Rollins that night was to was to go on first because uh, it wasn't going to be last. No, I, I uh, think I was. Just, I don't know whether you've seen all the Chris Jericho interviews recently, but he always says that you know if, if you're not going to put me on last, put me on first because that's when you want to be on. That's when the crowd's going to be highest and people are going to care. I would say uh, if we're not talking about a seven hour show or a long show, but not mm, that long. Yeah, the, the worst place to be is second. Because yeah. that's basically like, man, who cares? Well, <laughs> who isn't that cares? what they did to Jericho and KO? <laughs> yeah, they did. They oh my did. gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that probably plays into why Jericho is where he is now. Yeah, no, it's um, true. It's but, true. Um, what compare it? Uh, compare Double or Nothing with what we saw on on Raw last night? Because I'm surprised. I am surprised by how much people hated it. I hated the first hour. Well, I mean, what I, what's not to hate? Well, <laughs> the first, I, I mean, think, it wasn't, you're right. It wasn't like a just, there have been worse Raws, like in the last 365 days for sure. Uh, but I mean, it's probably just that basis of comparison. Like, I think people's standards have been changed. Yes, I already. agree. But I, I also, I'm not saying that Raw was a good show. I'm not. The first hour was abysmal. And I said that, but people <laughs> forgot about it. But what I think is happening is I think people are watching. The, and this is, look, this is WWE's fault. The whole point is to entertain you and keep you, keep you watching. But from an ups and downs point of view, because that's where all these arguments begin. I think what has happened is people are now tuning out when Raw is crap. Like you should do. That's what you should do. You're <laughs> under no obligation to watch Raw. But they don't watch the rest of the show. And then they come and have a go at me and go, well, how did you do this? And I go, well, did you watch Ricochet versus Cesaro? No, I turned it off. It's like, well, then you can't you can't comment on the whole show if you didn't yeah. watch the whole show. This yeah, is the and, issue. And, like, the, and the pacing is kind of a mistake because uh, more than ever, they need to earn audiences' trust when they tune in. And like, if you put a bunch of garbage at the beginning and then just only care about the next two hours, like, oof, you're going to lose viewers. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and they should do. Like it, 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 you're under no obligation to watch. It's 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 meant to keep you entertained. But I still stand by that if you actually 
you know, again, I'm, I'm the only reason I'm wrestling ups and downs is because that's how I have to watch Raw these days because it's my job. Sure. But if you go through it segment by segment, there were good segments on that show. Like, there oh, just yeah. were. Seth Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn, I don't know why. Um, I, I, I tried to watch it a bit more meticulously than I watch matches. And it was just great. I was trying to, I was being a bit of a nerd. I was trying to pay attention to selling and how they get from point A to point B. And yeah, I'm doing that because I want to get better at wrestling too. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll study it. But I, I, you know, I, I liked that. I thought Ricochet Cesaro was fantastic. I thought it was so much fun. Bray Wyatt was great. Uh, you know, dancing Brock Lesnar was fantastic. And I love know, the- that he just embraced this meme. He just, I don't, you know, I'm on record. I don't really like Brock Lesnar, but like that was great. Uh, that was the kind of like agility in like reacting to what the audience is talking about and what they're interested in that I kind of wish I'd see more of. Yes. And I, I love the fact that, you know, someone like Brock Lesnar is having that much fun as well. Because as soon as a wrestler starts having fun, so do I. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think, I honestly think if they had shifted, again, what we were just talking about, if they had shifted some stuff around, if they had put Ricochet versus Cesaro on after we'd done everything with Brock and held off all the Kofi, Dolph stuff till later, I think it's. I think the show is, I'm not saying it's a good show, I'm really not. And there was a show a couple of weeks ago when everybody went crazy. I can't remember which one it was now. And I actually retroactively, I said to Phil, who works at What Culture, eh, I think I kind of, you know, I, I think I maybe, you know, I, no, I got it. I think I was a bit too generous on that time. So ever since then, <laughs> I've been trying to be a bit more meticulous. But that's why on this one, I don't, you know, I don't agree. There were some awful bits, but there were some elements in there that I thought were, were, were fun. But I think, again, what's happening is people don't want to sit through three hours. So, and Nilton, again, nor should you, but it means they never get to it. Yeah. Well, and, and now that there is, I think, I think it's fair to say there is an alternative now. It's a little bit more incumbent on them to prove it in the first couple of segments, like that, that they're going to do something that's worth watching and that they care about entertaining you. Uh, and that's not how they structured that show. Uh, which is unfortunate for them. Um, it was interesting to me. On one hand, it was like they really responded to AEW because they even mentioned AEW. And on the other hand, it was like they didn't respond at all because they just put on a raw. It wasn't, they didn't pull out stops. They didn't do anything crazy. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, I think I know why it happened, but I can't make sense of whether I think it's good or bad. There's a certain there's a certain degree to where like you're WWE, you're at the top of the mountain and you should know sell what this other company does. What do you care? You know, like you're you're the you're the king of the mountain, it doesn't matter. Uh but then they mentioned it too, which sort of sullied that to me a little bit, but I think that they have already spent their ability to shake things up because they were having that really bad ratings spiral and now we've got the wild card rule. Now we've got that ugly 24-7 title, which, to, <laughs> to be fair, the segments with it have been really entertaining. Um, I really I like what it's done for the show, even though I think that the physical object is a travesty. Um, well, it's rushed, isn't it? That's the one thing I think some people didn't mention. It's clearly, clearly rushed. It's oh, yeah, have an idea. absolutely. We've got to get a like, it was, that was the one-day turnaround. <laughs> um, but, like it seems like they've kind of already done all that they have on deck for shaking things up and making things more exciting and stuff. And the wild card rule is it. That's, that's their play, which is depending on who you are, maybe a little disappointing, but that's what it is because you don't have every wrestler in the company coming up with potential creative ideas and bouncing them off each other, you've got a giant writer's room that has to please one person with one Mm. specific taste. And Uh, I think that is now coming back to kick them in the ass more than anything. I completely agree. Because going back to Double or Nothing, there was something for everyone in that show, much like All In. Maybe you don't absolutely love every segment, but like no matter what your personal taste in wrestling is, chances are there was something on that show that you thought absolutely kicked ass. Um, Whereas as much as WWE wants to present itself as a variety show, it's kind of 
really, really focused on like one way of enjoying wrestling, like one taste. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? That's yeah. the issue is that like I, no one, uh, nobody can pull that off. It, it, it's too, it's too, I can't think of the right word, but it, in a creative environment, you need to be able to bounce off of people. Yeah. Not all the time, not all the time. Like if you're in charge, you can have a good run where you can actually probably go maybe even years of not needing to do that. But there will always be a wall that you hit because there's only so much limited ideas. Everyone's going to oh, have yeah. a bad idea. And, and also sometimes a bad idea can be a good idea, but you need, again, you need to throw it into other oh, people's Oh yeah, because like almost, almost nobody has ideas. Like not everyone can be freaking Mozart. Like a lot of people have ideas that good or bad can be improved a lot by workshopping them with other people who know what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and something that occurs to me in this is like, it's okay, it's clear to say, Vince McMahon is the creative vision in WWE because like there are other creative staff, but they all have to work for him. They all have to please him to get their ideas passed. And so it's like anything. Like if you're a writer, you have to read a lot to not go completely stale and bad. If you're a musician, you have to listen to every bit of music that you can, uh, including and perhaps especially styles that you don't work in, uh, to, to like keep having fresh ideas. You need to take in that raw material to reconstitute into art. Uh, and like, like, you know, I'm a game designer. I have to play other people's games to understand them, uh, to, to learn how they work and add that to my repertoire. Mm. Um, and it feels to me like Vince McMahon is the singular vision of WWE. And I don't imagine he watches indie matches. I don't imagine he watches other companies products. And it's like, you can't just keep putting out content and content and content and content without taking the temperature (laughs) of the world and seeing what other people are doing and learning new things and, uh, you know, bettering yourself creatively in that way. And I believe that's what he's been trying to do for maybe a few decades now. Yeah, and I, th- I, mean, I think we, we can say with somewhat uh, of an authority that Vince McMahon doesn't watch anything else because there's always been that remit of once you get into the company, you start fresh. You know, you may get, you may get hired based on your other experience, but Vince doesn't know that he'll judge you on what you do. Uh, on what you do there well and there aren't enough hours in the day for vince mcmahon to be watching anything uh given the ridiculous hours that he puts in well that's the thing as well i don't think we can i like i don't like crapping all over vince mcmahon entirely look I, i don't think what he's doing right now is any good but he's given me you know 30 years of entertainment and I don't think you can just forget all that. It doesn't mean he's free from criticism. Of course he doesn't. Nobody is. But I can understand him being a bit headstrong and selfish at this moment because he probably thinks, what do these people know? That oh, does sure. happen. The older you get, you do get very stubborn and very sure. headstrong. I've well, seen and it who, d- who deserves to be a stubborn asshole about wrestling more? <laughs> he is the most successful promoter of all time. Whether people like that or not, you may be able to make an argument, but he will always be in those top two. Hell yeah. And you know, and that and that and, and he's an e- and he's egotistical and he's arrogant. So when you get all and of those that qualities throw- helped him get where he was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but and but also, you know, you either live long enough to see yourself um die the hero or become the villain. I've said that completely wrong, but everyone knows that quote. No, we get it. And- and that's and and that is what has happened. That doesn't mean that we should carry on going in the same direction. We shouldn't, and hopefully somebody can, uh, you know, somebody can get through to him at, at some stage, or there can be some kind of shift where things do pick up. But I can understand. It doesn't mean I agree with it, like I say, but I can understand why that that there is pushback. But that's why I'm still hoping. Like I think the other problem with Raw last night is every well, a few people tuned in expecting to see this big retort from WWE. But they're not worried about AEW right now after one show. Again, because of everything we just said, because of the arrogance and the ego of Vince McMahon. Well, and you know? billions of dollars. That's that's the thing that both like keeps WWE safe and makes me worry about its long-term future to a degree. Because what is the actual impetus for a change? Because like, to the fans, this feels like an evolve-or-die moment. But to the bean counters at WWE, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. 
because they've got Saudi money and they've got these huge, just (laughs) unthinkably huge TV deals. Like they, they could lose money for years and it wouldn't matter. It's true. I Uh, said that earlier as well. Yeah, And like, see great minds. Uh, But (laughs) the problem with that is that on one hand, they're right. They're fine. They've got more money than God. It doesn't matter. But on the other hand, that is going to put them even further behind on evolving their product. And there's sort of the reasonable expectation is that the ratings will keep going down. The viewership will just keep going down. And when they run out of these deals with Saudi Arabia and with Fox and the new contract with the USA and stuff, what position are they going to be in to like make demands or make a new deal that's particularly beneficial to them and that's the key isn't it like you Um, can't make another deal like this without an audience absolutely not uh what is did did fox say they wanted three million viewers or something like that they haven't said anything that they that's the kind of based on what they're currently doing and where smackdown currently is someone has done up some maths and it it does seem kind of sound that they want 3.5 million viewers (laughs) minimum right and that is like they're not going to get that with this product. I, I think it's very unlikely um, because if they were going to get it, they'd be getting it on Raw, right? I mean, because yeah, yeah. Fox before. is in a lot more houses than USA in the US, but it's not in that many more. Well, I think it's more like, I think the problem with uh, the way I look at it is USA and Raw and SmackDown, well, not SmackDown, but with Raw, has proven they can do that in the past, and they're not doing it now. So there's no point arguing it any other way. Yeah, sure, maybe a percentage of people are watching it on YouTube or reading about it, but they're still not tuning into the TV show. That's all that matters. The thing that always makes me laugh is people go, oh, is they're tuning into YouTube. Okay, but they're still not tuning into the TV show. Right, right, because it's not as as though they're putting the full three-hour show up on YouTube the next day. No. That's and, not and I know, what they're doing. And, and like, if people think that just knowing what happened without actually watching the whole show, <laughs> in theory, those are supposed to be three hours of entertainment that you would watch by choice. Yeah, that's and the so point, right? so if people right? aren't doing that, that is a problem. Yeah, and I understand that Game of Thrones is a different kettle of fish because it's like the, the final was one hour ten. So you know, it's, it's a lot shorter show. But if you really, really invested in Game of Thrones... You don't, there are clips on YouTube that go up you can watch. There are. People are all, I mean, they get taken down, but if you know they're there, you know, yeah. you can watch Game of Thrones in five minutes. They exist because people think, oh, and they're right. There, there is an appetite for them, but it's twofold. One, people don't want the show to get spoiled for them, so they'll stay off the internet entirely and wait till they can watch it. Mm-hmm. And two, that's not the way they want to take in their entertainment because they're not going to have it in the way that it's being presented to them. And that's where the fun is. You want to go with the pacing of the show, as we've talked about. You want to have the surprise and you don't want somebody else to control yeah that narrative because it's been written by people that you hope know what they're doing exactly like even in the worst episode of game of thrones or any narrative like you would hope that nearly every minute of the program is story is entertainment and that's something that uh, especially with the three hours of raw it sort of seems to have lost track of it's like it feels like you kind of are just dangling the promise of some entertainment to get people to slog through more stuff that just seems to exist i don't know probably just to like have more ad breaks that's that's like the real thing behind it right like well and why why is the third hour of raw there right yeah for money it's there for money and i i had imagined vincent man hates that third hour of raw i imagine he does it must be really hard to write for but he doesn't get rid of it because he's a businessman yeah and that's what he's decided is more important and I respect that because his company can do whatever he wants. But I still believe that down the line, as we've already discussed, it will come back to bite him in his and ass. Like, in yeah, it's it's so far in the future, like business wise, that like the actual consequences of these decisions are gonna act gonna truly happen. That it feels like almost naive to assume that they will make the adjustments that they need to, because they're sitting pretty right now. And they may like the the thing they're putting out there. Do you know what I mean? It's, people, yeah, I mean, pe- who knows? Yeah. People forget that. Like, they, they, they forget that maybe Vince McMahon thinks he's doing a great job. And here's the other thing. He's allowed to think that. And you're also allowed to think it's a pile of crap. That's my big... I think this is the only problem with what's happening with Raw now. People are watching it to shit all over it. And again, you can do that. You can absolutely do that. 
But there, there does, for me, this is just me talking personally, there does become a line where you can't then go and crap over somebody else for liking it. Just let people enjoy wrestling for what it is. And I kind of feel like, while I do agree, I completely agree that Raw is not where it needs to be, I, I kind of feel like there is a bit of a, a dog-eat-dog culture all of a sudden where if somebody does like it, you jump down their throat. Oh, and, and that's... that's I, I, ugh, I, like, I, why? I hate it. Why? I like, know, what, I, I, what, what, is that, what does that do for you to to be mad at someone for enjoying something like this, the world can be pretty rough and, and pretty miserable. And if somebody finds something that like they can have fun with or get some joy from like good on them, uh, even if it's something you don't like, I mean, what kind of ego does it take to be like, Oh, I'm in charge of what random strangers on the internet agree with or disagree with? like what in the world? Yeah. And I, I, I'm happy with people saying it to me because, you know, I put myself out there in that regard. So you're allowed sure. to go, Miller, you're an idiot. It's fine. I don't care. I really don't. Um, you know, most of the time I will use it to engage in discussion, but it's not like when I'm away from my computer, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. But I see it happening more and more just because a lot of people will tweet me saying, I'm really glad that you said this because I, people keep you know yelling at me when I, when I mention it. And you can't, you can't do that. Like, wrestling only this is my thing i've been saying for the last week or so as long as you enjoy what wrestling is then you've already won you yeah. know nobody has to nobody has to, to to back up your opinion and vice versa like it's okay to both love and hate stuff and that's kind of going back into the overall theme of this podcast we're doing now that's kind of why i feel so high on wrestling right now because i love double or nothing it felt exciting i loved how much the internet enjoyed it too there is a huge satisfaction in seeing you know actually a wrestling show that is beloved by everybody <laughs> pretty then, much everyone yeah yeah but then even though again i say just because i know what people are going to say raw did have huge problems look within the first 25 minutes i was in tears of laughter when brock lesnar came out acting like some weird <laughs> 1980s dj but i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying that is enough to turn raw around but i am saying as a man that sat down to watch a 180 minute show that i had a huge smile on my face and i felt happy i felt happy and i felt happy because he was doing that and that just feeds into my wrestling positivity gland where i'm like okay so this dolph ziggler and kofi kingston stuff is rubbish i'll say it's rubbish but that i'm not going to allow that to take away from the enjoyment they gave me with brock lesnar and again that doesn't mean that long term they're going to make it work but i don't think if, if you're watching wwe now for long term then I think we're in a bit of a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. are, what, what, how has it not broken your trust by now? And that is another issue, but how is that? I, I can't believe that to me is like, I keep punching you in the face and you stand there and take it and you're like, I wonder when it's going to stop. <laughs> Step out of way. Step out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the issue I think we're getting now. It's gone from, oh, I hope Raw is good to, oh, I hate Raw, but I watch it every week to crap all over it. That's not healthy for anybody. And you're allowed to do it. You really, really are. If it makes you happy, go nuts. But as soon as you step over that line where you're, you know, making other people feel bad about their enjoyment, then I'm like, man, man, what are we doing? Yeah, that's no good. And like, yeah. There are certainly things to like about Raw. It, the problem is there aren't three hours worth of things to like no, about it. No, there's not. It was, it was a bad... Look, I tell you, if you actually, you know, if, if you add it all up, there was more. It's ups and downs again. There was more on it I enjoyed. But that doesn't mean the bad things weren't shockingly bad. Like, a wrestling show with no wrestling in the first hour is a bad, <laughs> bad a idea. It's a bold move. Yeah, but, but I get it, though. I yeah. do understand it. Like, I do think that was a, a response to AEW. And WWE sat down and says, well, what do we do well? We do angles well. We we do storylines well. We so do brawls well. Yeah, let's go whole hog. And, uh, and they do. They do do that stuff well. But nobody can, again, for what we were just saying, you can't pull that off for an hour. Like, what, what are you thinking about? Especially not when your first match is Shane McMahon versus, you know, within the, the realms of WWE and nobody. Uh -huh. I mean, amazingly, I was actually listening to a podcast about Lance and Hawaii the other day. So I was like, oh, it's Lance and Hawaii, the guy that, you know, so I actually felt like I had quite a connection to him. But that's not going to be the same for everybody. And I just, it's okay to want a this is my big point i think it's okay to want AEW to succeed and also keep an eye on wwe and hope that they sort their stuff out as well yeah. it doesn't have to be a one lives and one dies and i i think it's great that AEW was as good as it was but then even saying that there's people out there going oh it's drink i got this is the other tweet i got it makes me laugh so i'm positive about AEW. i'm positive but i just a positive guys we know i get one's good oh drinking the AEW kool-aid and you're like oh for goodness sake you're like what <laughs> i can't i can't win I yeah of course win. not well that's that's the life of a critic though of course, um, that's very true uh, that's for very sure true. but uh yeah i mean it's drinking the AEW kool-aid like okay 
uh, maybe this is a little presumptuous of me to say, but if there was nothing on Double or Nothing that you liked, why do you like professional wrestling? Well, this is the thing. If you like a super, super WWE fan, like you love it and you think they do no wrong, then I understand it. Do you know what I mean? If that's your type of wrestling, hell yeah. yeah. If, if it's about brand loyalty more than it is about actually enjoying the uh, the storytelling or the in-ring stuff, sure. Like if, if you just, if there's something about the presentation of WWE that that's your happy place, that's cool. Yes, that's 100% absolutely. cool. But like that... I mean, okay, you've got the right to say whatever you want, but, like, that doesn't, like, make it cool for you to go no. shit on people for liking something else, and it goes yeah. the other way, too. Absolutely, and if you've been watching Raw going, oh, I need something different, I need something different, and then you get AEW, and you go, oh, I need something different, and you're watching New Japan going, oh, you are the problem. <laughs> like, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to <laughs> be a dick, something but something that you, isn't wrestling, my yeah, man. Yeah, you are the common denominator, because... Yeah, yeah. Again, WWE has serious problems right now. That's a fact. There's no getting away from it. But AEW presented something that was excellent. It, you know, if you want to call it, you know, New Japan with a Western twist, that's fine. I can see where you're coming from. But you also have New Japan. And, you know, you had women's matches that were just pitched as matches as opposed to, oh, look what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And you oh, had that. I didn't even really realize how cringeworthy the way that they talked about the women's revolution and women's matches in WWE really was until I saw W double or nothing and it was just like here's some more awesome matches and i was like oh <laughs> yeah that's better <laughs> yeah no it's true like uh, again there was a lot to take away from aew that's very very exciting and i hope that honestly i really i, I think their um uh, fighter fest event seems like it's a little bit more of a house show's a bad term but i don't think it's going to be as good as that's the wrong word as uh hyped up. yeah there, there won't yeah. be as much like impact to it they've not built it up as like this is an important tentpole thing it's just it's Absolutely. more of a party yeah but i hope that's good and i hope when we move into all out that that's good as well oof they and sure do have those little red stars on the uh advertisement for that don't they yeah they know what they're doing like, of course they <laughs> so many people are like uh, that's just the stars of chicago that is sure, not a coincidence sure it is no way well like, my, my we've the, seen enough backstage stuff to know that tony khan is the biggest wrestling nerd on the planet of course he, he knows is. what those are also if that's the case why didn't we do it last year you know what I mean? We, we had a pay-per-view in Chicago. Oh, we're really proud. No, you're not. You're selling. You're marketing your pay-per-view. You know what? More <laughs> power to you. More power to you, AEW. Use every trick you damn well can, and I will support you for it. Because that's what it's all about. It's fun. And I, I think we, we should make those speculative things. Oh, does it mean CM Punk is coming in? Probably not. But it's fun to talk about. And also, talking about AEW as well, I think the one thing that hopefully WWE realizes, look at the amount of programs and feuds that they've already put into gear. Like, you could justifiably, over the next six months or however long it is, until we get to Jericho versus Hangman Page for the title, you could do Jericho versus Moxley. You could do Omega versus Moxley. You could do Hangman Page versus... Um, uh, uh, MJF, you know, they had that little mm -hmm. altercation. There are so many different ways that you can now head off, and all of them make sense. And that's not by accident. You know, that is by design. And the fact that even at the end of one episode of Raw, you know, the one last night, I couldn't tell you where the hell they're going their direction. Right, anybody. right, absolutely. You know, that's what I think we need to see more of. It's it, it was exciting to me to know, oh, wow, we could go... And, and also... The character of John Moxley, just in general, I think people were surprised. Why did he attack Kenny Omega? Because he can. Mm -hmm. Like that—that—that's what's cool about faces and heels. When you can establish a character and a personality that Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Stone Cold Steve, you should stun everybody, and it doesn't matter. We still knew <laughs> as long as you can establish that character, and he has a certain rapport with the fans. You can do Omega versus Moxley, absolutely. Of course, you can, and then yeah. you can just see where you go from there. I—I'm excited. Yeah, that. There's a there's a sense of structure because it's clear that everybody cares about their position on the card and like everyone wants to get close to a title shot and like they they've established that very strongly even in one show uh which you know how many millions of people have said they need to focus on the belts and make the belts matter more in WWE well, I mean, that is, I mean, they really, really do. I mean, I can't believe, I actually thought the 24-7 championship was a good idea, and they ruined it in a week. I mean, they well, ruined yeah. it in a week. So, something that I've been thinking about is, like, if I were given the keys to the kingdom uh, for WWE, there's a couple things that I would do with the belts that I think might help. Uh, and why not, why not tell it to the whole world? 
on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. I, actually, I'll say this as well, because you did say that. Right now, we are doing better numbers than ever. Unlike Raw, my percentage is going up. So. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so I would, for one thing, instantly unify the top heavyweight belts. like the men's Especially with the wild card, And the right? women's belts, actually. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. with the wild card rule. Good Lord. Yeah, so one singles championship, super important top belt for each gender division. I would actually keep, though, a mid-card belt for each gender on each brand. So I would have four mid-card belts, but what they would do, the IC belt, the US belt, and the women's equivalents, if you get that, you are obligated to open challenge for it every week. Uh to defend it every week. And if you get three successful defenses in a row, you are in a title match for the world title at the next pay-per-view. I like it. Just automatically. And if someone else takes it off you, that starts day after next week, they have to start defending it. Like instant fighting champion belt puts you potentially into the world title scene. And if both belts, like the IC belt and the US belt, hit their three defenses during the same month long period it's a triple threat and then and you have to you have to drop the belt to do your challenge and then they'll do like a ladder match or a tournament or something like that to set the belts up on somebody else uh to start the cycle over again everything's focused on the world titles at the top of the pile i like it man. Uh, and, and then I- of course i would only have uh tag team championships just one set for each gender as well. Uh, <laughs> you surprised, surprised me. I mean, why do they even have Raw Tag Team titles? <laughs> I forget. I forget they haven't been on the show in two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like that—that that would make the idea of rising from the mid card to the top of the card seem possible, and like a thing that people are working towards and fighting for. And it would make those top titles now that there's only one per gender. And like everyone's gunning for them all the time, it would. I, I don't know. I would like that. I think it would feel exciting. It would do. The issue is, is that WWE is going to have to build their trust back up that they'll actually stick to it, right? <laughs> well, is- yeah, oh God, that's yeah. I more fool me. I just came out here with a thing that had a bunch of rules to it. <laughs> like, but, but, honest, but they don't that's follow the bi- their own rules. No, that's the biggest thing. Is that I? I can't. Well, I won't. Again, it doesn't actually affect my enjoyment of the show because, as I say, I create. I know what I'm getting into with WWE. Sure. So it seems it. it, it again, I get. I feel like I'm the fool if I if I get surprised by it. But it has got to the point where a boy who cried wolf, as I say a lot on Y videos, is that you can't. They have to rebuild back up their trust. It's like you know, if you get cheated on a relationship and you decided to stick together, that trust doesn't come back overnight. They have to build back up, and oh, yeah. so many times. WWE has dropped the ball with that, e.g. on Raw, when they tell me it's an elimination chamber, uh, sorry, elimination match, and there's no eliminations. I'm like, well, what am I meant to, what am uh, I meant to buy into here? So that's that's got some WCW, uh, late WCW stink on it, doesn't it? It was the most. I think it's as closest to WWE as we've come. Uh, sorry, WCW, we've come in WWE because. They did. It was just a commentator going. Well, I guess they got counted out or something. It's like no, bro. Ooh, you can't, that's not good. You can't do that. You can't. There's, there's no excuse for that whatsoever. Like you have to. Those things have to 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 mean something. Otherwise, what am I even watching? Like, what is even the point? Yeah, and uh, you know, with these reports that the show is still getting rewritten while it's on air, like that's what it feels like. Well, I think the real issue is I think the WWE believe they can turn this around in a week, and they can't. You know, the, the, the ratings, I keep, I'm repeating myself, but, you know, the ratings aren't where they are because of the last six months. They're there because of the last six years. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like a national economy, right? Like every like politician, you know, sitting at the top of the pile is getting blamed for what the economy is like this instant. And with rare exceptions, the conditions that cause the current economy have been built up for a couple of years. Mm, yeah exactly uh, like you don't instantly go from like the biggest boom to the biggest crash like there are things that have long-term effects piling up and piling up and piling up and it's the same thing here like th- yeah this is this is chickens coming home to roost for for a while here not Absolutely. just not just the last couple of months 
and I think that WWE needs to needs to accept that. And you know, if you if your plan is let's say, I mean it's not, but let's say your plan <laughs> is the twenty four seven championship, then you need to get behind that for the next six seven months. That's what you need to do. You 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 need to you need to believe in it, and you need to make other people believe in it. That doesn't happen within a week because how? Let's say that I told my mate who doesn't watch wrestling anymore, "Oh, bro, this twenty four seven thing was really funny." You know, you should absolutely uh, come back and watch it. And then he watches it this week. He's going, Miller, that was shit. And I go, yeah, you're right, it was. Because they quite they quite clearly put no effort into it this. You know, they, they didn't put no effort well, into it's, it. It's like, they've, it's like they're bored of it already. It, that's exactly how it felt. Is it exactly how it felt. And I think, I, I don't understand how they can't, they can't see it. But again, I'm not going to get overly, overly upset about it because... That is WWE now. And again, you, you're allowed to criticize it. You're allowed to run it into the ground. You're allowed to not, not watch it. But if you decide to watch it and then you're surprised when they burn you again, <laughs> you can't. There, there, has, to be a, there yeah. has to be a line with it. There has to be a line. There just does. And I, I, I'm not saying that you're still allowed to moan as much as you like. But at this stage, until they prove otherwise, it, it's the same thing going back to my, my original analogy. If somebody keeps cheating on you, eventually <laughs> you've got to go, wait a minute, I can control this. And the best way to control it is just stop watching it or yep. stop being with that person. Hey, at least, at least Bray Wyatt. At least Bray Wyatt. That's Yeah, that's all I got to say. At least Bray Wyatt. Um, Honestly, I, I think Bray I, Wyatt is fantastic. That has been the highlight of the show for me since that thing started. And... I mean, here's the problem. It's like a cool long-term thing, which like WWE doesn't have a good track record on, but I feel like the more creative freedom they give him, the more airtime they give him. Just give give Bray Wyatt the world right now. Everyone's happy about what he's doing, except for a couple sponsors, which I suppose is kind of a big deal, but uh, <laughs> the, the fans are really happy with what he's doing. Like, give him the space to do what he wants to do. Uh, that's the best thing going right now, I think. Absolutely. Oh, no, it is. And it is. And, and again, going back into my obnoxious, positive ways, that's why I, I will never just shit over WWE entirely. Because if you paint the whole show with one brush, we throw Bray Wyatt in there. And we throw what I believe to be some of Seth Rollins' best work in there, too. I think he's carrying that company right oh, now. Oh, yeah. He, and, he's, uh, despite me thinking that the segments with, with Bray have been the best lately, Seth Rollins is still my favorite WWE wrestler. I think he's smashing it. I really do. I think his matches get better every week. I think he's probably aware of the situation they find themselves in, but he doesn't let that affect him at all. Uh, yeah, that's just... I, I just don't think it's... I don't think it's right. Again, I, tar everyone with the same brush is my thing. Let's not do that because it's not fair on some of the performers in that company. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that. There you go. That We just did an AEW versus WWE podcast by accident. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it was yeah. kind of inevitable at this uh, this time, I think. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It was. I would just check a news site to make sure that nothing awful uh, has happened or nothing, you know, sorry, no news has broken since we've been talking. And no, and no, it hasn't. Just Terry Funk talking about on why AEW will succeed. Stole my gimmick there, Terry. Uh, but it's all right. Actually, the last thing I will say, and I won't give it any more time unless you want to throw something in there, Rob, about it. The worst thing I've seen today is Vince Russo claiming that WWE and AEW are in bed together. Oh my gosh, that man infuriates me no end. But let's, let's not go further than that. Yeah, like, I don't know that much about Vince Russo because, you know, like, a lot of the time he was doing his thing, I wasn't watching wrestling. But, like, let's just say that he hasn't made, like, any good impressions on me. No, he's, uh, he's an interesting fella. He's an interesting <laughs> fella. Right. Rob, we've come to the hour mark. Again, uh, make sure you check out the Orpheus, Orpheus, I can't talk, the Orpheus Protocol on Kickstarter. Uh, I will make sure I put all the relevant, I can't talk, relevant <laughs> links uh, in, um, in in everywhere that you can uh, you can see it. Obviously, just Google it is the best way to do it. Um, and honestly, it genuinely, watch the video. It, it, it looks very, very cool. Like, it really, really does. I'm not just saying that because Rob is on. Uh, I, 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 well, it's true. I, I, watched, I looked at it when you mentioned it, and it does look very, very cool. And I think people into that kind of stuff will be, uh, will be quite excited. And also, if nothing else, dude, you've done very well. Yeah, that's the so hope. That, that's that's the pretty hope. cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think we've we've pretty well covered it over the course of the show. Uh, interesting times ahead for the wrestling world. Absolutely. Tell me about it. And let's hope it goes uh, from strength to strength. Rob, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. I always enjoy our conversations. Um, it's just a good chat about wrestling, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. 
you're very welcome. And again, you can come join the fun as well at, uh, where do they go? They go to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Uh, go to youtube.com forward slash the Report Rules on Twitter at Simon316 and Instagram, simonmiller.bigcartel.com for wrestling merchandise. And again, if you're in the Newcastle area this Saturday, head on down to, um, what is it? I can't remember what it's called. Now, just go to Defiant Wrestling and, and check out the events where I shall challenge for Martin Kirby's internet title. That could be a lot of fun. But thank you always to everybody that listens and we will be back again very soon. Yeah.